gone bye-bye <laughs> here we are 2022 unbelievable or 2022nd whatever it's insane uh, we made it here we are still alive because of course when you don't comply with bullshit you don't need to be maimed and lose your life oh no but hey, if all of you want to be good and listen to Big Daddy, go get your mystery juice. Don't worry, after they name you, they'll tell you you gave consent. It was informed consent, they call you. How can you be informed when they haven't told you the side effects nor the ingredients of what they just put in your body? And none of you... Just stop for a moment and figure that out. You blindly follow the sub-science. Because science is not about trusting the few. It's about verifying. And anybody can apply the scientific method. You don't need a special degree from pharma shit, western bullshit, sub-care. <laughs> it's not science. You do and must realize that, right? That when you base all the following bullshit on the basis of lies... It's no longer science, you do realize that. And it has been shown over and over, not just by actual researchers, but also by all the people who came forward over the years, not just in these past two years, because, I mean, these past two years, everybody has been affected, obviously, and so there's been a bigger... But before, there were plenty of people who came out and showed you tons of time what they did to them and how they didn't own up to the shit they did. But none of you paid attention, of course. Why? Because you're in fear. So why don't you try and tap in and doing the whole coherence? Oh, right, because Big Daddy didn't brainwash you to do that, right? So you keep believing the lies. Of course, none of this is directed to those of you who come here because clearly you are smart enough to have realized that some of us are not big fat liars. And when we talk about fifth dimensions and star seeds and shit like that, it's because everybody knows those that terminology. That doesn't mean that we are not aware of the fact that we are not on a spinning globe. It's pretty fucking obvious. If you don't think 58 mil a day is not enough for NASA to want to lie to you, well, you're really asleep. Follow the money, follow the lies. Usually that's how it goes. But hey, as long as someone talks to you in a fake, nice, calming voice, you think that's a nice person. Actually, that's how handlers behave. Figure it out, guys. But again, I'm not telling you this stuff. Tons of people with the degrees you give so much importance to 
have told you this. And they got their degrees and then said, oh, I fucking waste a bunch of money and time. But here, let me do something good about this with that degree. Since I have credibility in front of these lipo who only think people with fake degrees in bullshitology have credibility. Of course, the proof is in the pudding for anyone who is smart enough. And there we are with George Orwell, the very, very true 1984 that has more and more become truth in this past two years. Now, of course, it's obviously not an invented sci-fi book. It's based on reality. As anyone with a tiny, tiny fucking amount of brain and heart would have by now figured out. So let's hope that more of you realize who is fucking with you and who is actually on your side. Yes, I changed the hat. And this one is bigger. <laughs> Funny, Funny, I don't like hats that constrict me, so I always make them nice and comfy. Plus, they come down and you can use them when it's warmer, so they can be used in different ways. Anyway, moving on, we are reading 1984 and we are in the first part of chapter... First part of the book is divided in three parts and we are on chapter 7 of the first part. So we have two more and then, we're, no, sorry, is it? Yeah, two more, seven and eight, and then we're going to go in the second part. I have another book um, that has the whole collection of him, and there they were dividing things much better than in this one. So I just wanted to let you know how every copy, especially if you go digital, some of you might have realized by now, um, they don't, um, they are getting better and better, but many people don't give you a glossary or anything, it's just, you know, it's very rough, so when you try and go back to the spot that you left, if you miss your spot for whatever chance, um, then it's harder, and some of them don't even put the page number, they just put the location, so it's pretty funny. But I like um, the digital copies of a lot of stuff because I don't have to move the actual copy. I prefer books, but if I, if I stayed in the same place, right, and I didn't keep getting kicked out by, by the landlords uh, because, you know, they sell to someone and they make shit little money and obviously they're going to do, you know, anything to make more money, right? Anybody would do that, I guess. But it has happened so many times by now, it's like, oh fuck. Well, a couple of times, actually, we were under cokeheads and we were under people who were a bit... And, you know, <laughs> I never done cocaine and I've always had people around me who liked it for some reason or the other, but I always thought they had quirks. Now I know, you know, a lot of them hide it well, actually, but these people particularly were insane. I actually never heard someone fight for so long, like so violently. I saw one of them would at some point have a heart attack. They went on for like 12 hours and it was insane. Like I never heard anything like that. It was like being in a madhouse. And that was the last time actually. That maybe, you know, but it was never like that. It was insane. And then we realized one of them was always doing cooking, but she married the dealer, her dealer, of course. What do you think, you know? We, we just didn't, didn't know. They seemed just quirky, but um, fairly decent. <laughs> Naivety gone. 
on drugs. I honestly have never uh, been attracted to drugs myself. I mean, marijuana is not a drug, it's God's plant, and anyone who hemp, specifically if anyone, you know, has done a little bit of research, juicing it is actually one of the best ways. So, um, of course, they're not going to allow many people to, you know, have the fresh plant because that's the best way to have it, right? Not to smoke it or do other things. The smoking is what most of us can afford because if you buy even the oil, which is the other best thing, um, it's very expensive in comparison and a lot of us cannot afford it. So if you are using it because you cannot produce enough cannabinoids by yourself, and we need them, we have the cannabinoids receptors, so it means that we naturally, um, you know, have been using this plant forever, and um, then it really does help you. And there's people who have seizures and all kinds of serious problems. And it has made their life good, you know, it has balance. So, yes, of course, I think that with ESP and, you know, Reiki and tapping and all this stuff, I do believe, and I've seen it over and over, you can change the way your body reacts. But this plant makes it much easier for people who have those chronic problems and you know it's i find it really funny how many people go out of their way to believe the lies of pharma shit western care in front of clear evidence i mean why do you think they have to impose mandates because they are that great come on people truth never needs to be imposed but here 1984 let's start because i can go on forever if there is hope wrote winston it lies in the pros <laughs> if there was hope it must lie in the pros because only there in those swarming disregarded masses 85 percent of the population of oceania could the force to destroy the party ever be generated the party could not be overthrown from within its enemies if it had any enemies, had no way of coming together or even of identifying one another. Even if the legendary brotherhood existed, as just possibly it might, it was inconceivable that its members could ever assemble in larger numbers than twos or threes. Rebellion meant a look in the eyes, an inflection of the voice at the most, an occasional whispered word, but the pros, if only they could somehow become conscious of their own strengths, would have no need to conspire. That's right. You don't need to do all this shit. Even all these people, you know, don't you understand that they're all shows put up for you to fall for it? It's always the same formula they use. They always have to make a big show, you know? Those big shows are done to distract you. You really think that other people will save you if you just say, oh, I'm going to do whatever Big Daddy says? No, nobody's going to come. And if they do save you, they'll want to impose their tyranny on you because they'll say, oh, I saved you. It's always been this way. You don't need other people to save you. Just oh, Everybody just needs to say enough, we're done. And it's already gone. But when you walk outside the streets of Vancouver and you see this fucking sleeper wearing a face diaper as they walk alone in the street, you look at them and you go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, are you really that dumb? Yes, they are. And that's why we're in this situation today. So anyway, he's telling you, wake the fuck up because the 
they're not gonna save you other people you have to save yourself and that is the bottom line and all you gotta do is stop complying and saying oh yeah we, we will do whatever we need to fire these people look anybody who is honest anybody will do better than they did it doesn't take much really so i think we have good chances of finding people who will want to do a similar job without all that power obviously because the important thing is that they need to know that when they fuck up they pay for it not all these oh they're always immune what the fuck you fucked up royally in these past two years someone's gotta pay for it and it's gonna be the right people this time not the people who are not involved wake up people and remember, violence is the weapon of the weak. That's why they always try and use violence and fear on you. Because really, they are weak. Without that, without convincing you of all this, you have done all the work for them. By believing in the bullshit, by talking about it, by using the words they use, and also by fighting with each other, you've done their work because you've divided yourselves. And by fighting with anyone, who comes up and says something slightly different than what the crowd says. Remember that the stuff that always sounds out there afterwards becomes, oh shit, that's how it was. It sounded crazy only because you were brainwashed to think otherwise. And even if it was crazy, it's in the diversity of listening to opinions that we actually find a solution. Remember, otherwise you're just imposing your tyranny on others. And democracy doesn't work when there are uh, no other things in place to make sure that it doesn't become just an imposition of what the ruling class wants. And that happens when they brainwash massive amounts of people to believe one thing or the other. It's no longer democracy. So you need something in place to prevent that because these past two years have been the demonstration of what democracy is because when they chose to listen to the fake mandates and all the bullshit that was a democratic acquiescence that they showed and hence democracy is the other big fat lie they keep trying to sell you it doesn't exist when there are beings who have this power to brainwash massive amounts of people by means of using their marketing because only they have the money to put their shit on TV by pushing people who produce sexual content because that's how they keep the imbeciles busy and also in a constant state of wanting and feeling inferior and it's not the good stuff I'm talking about this is the pervy stuff the stuff that oh I'm submissive all that stuff that's the cult realize this no it's not natural i'm not a submissive woman and i never was and there are tons of people like this i know i'm not a lesbo and i'm not a fucking anything i'm a normal human being a normal woman and normal has in i came out as a woman and if i had to have sex with someone it would be a man not another woman so i don't have any crazy tendencies but I'm telling you, a lot of this stuff is fucked. It's not even good sex, by the way. And if you knew anything about real good sex, you would know better. It's not even good looking. If you knew something about actual good looks, you would know better. They are disgusting. That's all they are. And it's the cult. That's the cult. Because the cult, everything they push, 
So even if you're not related to them per se, yeah, if you become really big, they will get a hold of you somehow or eliminate you. That's how they operate. But why does this work every time? It's because everyone keeps trying to find a leader. You all need to become the leaders because that's what happens when there are 7 billion leaders out there who lead themselves and hence are responsible of themselves. They cannot kill you all, can they now? Well, they can try, but then they're also going to die, and they don't want that. And also, how easy is it to eliminate the fuckers when all of you wake up? And we don't have to use violence to do that, by the way. To neutralize people like that, you don't need violence. Numbers alone will do that. So, why are people not understanding this? I'm not sure. I honestly, I'm not sure. And I don't know how to help them further, you know, than what I've already done. You try and shake them, you try and give them stuff to work through their bullshit, you try and show them, you know, you're there for them. But really, the thing is, if they're not ready, they're not ready. And so, at some point, I look at it and I go, I just don't know what to do to help you more, to be honest, I don't. But you're gonna go down with the sheep if you keep doing that. Because nobody's gonna come and save you, you have to literally... The only way you can be saved, if that's what you're really obsessed about, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about that. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, personally. Because I don't believe in that kind of God. God is all-inclusive. God would never tell you that if you are not uh, believing blindly in his bullshit, you're gonna die. No, I don't believe that at all. That's the fucking Satan. God would never tell you to worship him. Because God never wanted to be worshipped. That's not God. I think you're all very confused about who God is. God is all loving and all caring. And he, he, she, I usually say it because then it's general. But I know a lot of people say he. It, it's just nothing that they described in many places. And in the Bible you can find it, but you have to read it right. And it depends what Bible version you read apparently as well. That's why now I ask people. What version of the Bible are you using? When I, when I talk to people who are Christians and are not the usual idiotic Christians, some of them aren't. I finally started to, you know, meet some people when I was always calling them out. Like every Christian I met is a fucking piece of shit. Like I've never met so many pieces of shit. Has and I honestly met so many pieces of shit in under the Catholics. So seriously, they're worse. It's like you're you're like. You know, you're like the Jews who treat you like a goey, literally. And they're not all like that, but there are many like them. And you're, you're the same. Like, they are unbelievably full of shit. And they just go out and treat everybody like shit, and then they think God is going to save them. It's like, you're doing everything God is telling you not to do, actually. And you think God would choose you as his people? Like, seriously, are you on bad drugs or something? They are so horrible. And then when they can help someone, they don't, unless you're part of their little group of idiots, you know? So, they're everything by what God says. And every now and then you meet someone who's not like that. And they say, yeah, that's not, you know, how, that's not the truth and, like, how the real ones are. And, you know, the bottom line is, you can sort of have a conversation then at that point, you know, because for me, it's like, I don't care what religion you're in, I don't care what you are, it's just, if you're not a kind person, you're obviously in a state of hatred, still, in a state of fear, you're not in a state of love. So why would I want to be around people like you, right? I don't want to be around all that shit, because 
I'm not, I never claimed I was a Zen master, and I never claimed I was, I just, I'm high frequency enough that I don't want to be around that, because when I'm around that kind of shit, it just hurts, it still hurts, it still makes me feel uncomfortable, because there is a strong part of me that looks at it and goes, how can you be like this with other people? How can you be such a piece of shit? And then these people never help you, these people always treat you like garbage. When you need something, when we need something, then they kiss your ass. And it's always been this way. They only help those who can bring them clout. And then they wonder why the earth sucks. Well, it's because you're in it. Because you behave like this, and you are in it. And they don't get it. It's always someone else's doing it. But yet, when you go and look, like all these trolls, for example, when you go and look at their channels, they're always empty. They are not doing anything at all to help other people. When they're good with money, it's not like they help other people with money. Oh, I made lots of money. I'm sitting pretty. Oh, great. Go fuck yourself. Don't worry. Next time you're half dead and need someone to help you, we'll do the same thing back to you. And let's see how much that money can save your life. You know? Obviously, people who are not pieces of shit um, still try and help people, but me, I would look at them and go, hey, give me some money first, then maybe I'll help you. How does that feel? Oh, you don't like it? Then don't do it to other people. And the next time you're in a position where you can help others, instead of fucking making it sound like giving money is so much better than giving knowledge, why don't you get a grip and realize that what we give you is far more important than money you fucking can offer. So, <laughs> realize that for a change. Because you've been brainwashed to think that you should not share money with your friends and your families. Why do you think they told you that? Because they want to divide and conquer, and money is one of the biggest dividers ever. Racism, you think, is a problem? Try again, buddies, try again. It's money. Money has always been used, and then the other thing is looks. Because they always have to divide people with looks, when in reality, we all like different things. And we don't all find the same thing attractive. Some of you like fake tits and you don't care that they look like balloons and when you touch them they're not that nice to touch. You don't care that the person who got the fake boobs is gonna die badly and poison. No, because you are, you like plastic, right? But other people don't. So we don't all like the same thing. And I'm talking about natural stuff, natural looks more. So I'm making fun of that right now. But the bottom line is, some people like tall, some people like short, some people like skinny, some people... We all like different things, and that's how it's meant to be. But when you learn to respect each other and stop making fun of how others look, well, then you know you're finally compliments, you're finally starting to become half-decent human beings. Yay! Compliment! Yeah, that's right. I go nuts when I see that. It's like, whoa, another human being has been born, finally. Subhumans, baba. People get so fucking upset when you call them subhuman. What do you think you are when you go pick on other people and you have no content on your channel? What do you think you're behaving as? Because your behavior is not really who your essence is, but in that moment you are being that, right? So that's what we mean by who you are. You're not that. You're, that's how you're behaving. So let me rephrase that. Sometimes I still say wake up. I don't mean to say wake up. I mean to say open your eyes. Old habits die hard, right? <laughs>
I don't want to use the word wake because it's like wake when someone dies and I think they use it to hypnotize people in a bad way because everybody who says wake up is pretty much an asshole and then behaves like an asshole so it seems to me that some some things you know have been used so much in a certain way that when you are unconscious of it and you say them then it becomes you know so I just try not to say them at all in that way I don't have the problem open your eyes I prefer seeing it makes more sense also it's much more um, you know softer it sounds to me anyway but anyway that's just me you can all think differently so I just always digress big time but it's because this stuff like how can you read a book like this and not stop and not think about all this stuff it's so fucking obvious and there's tons of stuff I don't stop for because otherwise it will take forever and I do try and read through as much as possible but come on like it's just stuff that really kills me man it's it's so long that I see this shit and it's like <laughs> why 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 does this have to continue you know what's the point of learning all this stuff if you don't make a connection in your real life what it truly means so we have to change things together and we have to stop giving more importance to people you think deserve more respect than others that's the other big issue the reason why people don't cooperate properly is because they think that, oh, my group of people, they have their shit together. How many times I've heard people who claim to be truthers talk like that? You work by exclusion exactly like the cult. That is not God's work. That's shit. That's what you're going to create. More shit, just a different version of it. Because you are smarter than other people, you don't have your shit together. You just were privileged that you didn't fucking go through certain things and some point in your life you had someone or something that gave you a break. So give me a break pieces of shit and stop feeling so much superior than those who actually have the balls to always be in the trenches. Because it's easy to meditate from your fucking pear tree. Try and do that when you're in the trenches, bitches. And none of you can. I want to invite the Dalai Lama and Osho and all those fucking idiots who, oh, they are so superior to everybody else. Have you ever noticed what kind of fucking cushy life they have? <laughs> those are the people you really want to follow? Are you fucking sure? If you're going to follow someone, at least pick a real leader. Someone who leads by example. Fuck. It's ridiculous. And Osho, I just threw it in there because he... Osho really reminds me of... Oh, I should say, because Osho came before. Um, <laughs> Sad Guru reminds me of Osho. But when I look at all of them, I think to myself, always, you had a privileged life. What kind of fucking leaders can you possibly be when you never really had to freaking go the hardships? When was the last time you did your own laundry, bastards? <laughs> Just to start with the simple shit. Or cooked your own meal or cleaned your own shit. Moving on, the party could not be overthrown from within. Its enemies, if it had any enemies, had no way of coming together or even of identifying one another. Even if the legendary brotherhood existed, as just possibly it might, it was inconceivable that its members could ever assemble in larger numbers 
than twos or threes. Rebellion meant a look in the eyes, an inflection of the voice, at the most an occasional whispered word. But the proles, if only they could somehow become conscious of their own strengths, would have no need to conspire. They needed only to rise up and shake themselves like a horse shaking off flies. If they chose, they could blow the party to pieces tomorrow morning. That's right, that's what I keep saying. And I reread that just because we probably forgot. Surely sooner or later, it must occur to them to do it. And yet... He remembered how he had been walking down a crowded street when a tremendous stout shout of hundreds of voices, women's voices, had burst from a side street a little way ahead. It was a great formidable cry of anger and despair, a deep loud, <laughs> that's like a baby, that went humming on like the reverberation of a bell. His heart had leapt. It started, he had thought, a riot. The proles are breaking loose at last. When he had reached the spot, it was to see a mob of two or three hundred women crowding round the stalls of a street market, with faces as tragic as though they had been the doomed passengers of a sinking ship. But at this moment, the general despair broke down into a multitude of individual quarrels. It appeared that one of the stalls had been selling tin saucepans. They were wretched, flimsy things but cooking pots of any kind were always difficult to get. Now the supply had unexpectedly given out. The successful women, bumped and jostled by the rest, were trying to make off with their saucepan, while dozens of others clamored round the stall, accusing the stallkeeper of favoritism and of having more saucepans somewhere in reserve. That's so funny. I wanted to go back to jostle because I don't know if people know. It just means push like elbow and bump against. It's a roughly like in the crowd. So I just wanted to point it out. And I just wanted to double check if I said it right because jostle. So jostle. Jostled. Jostled. Sounds so stuffy. There was a fresh outburst of yells. Two bloated women, one of them with their hair coming down, had got hold of the same saucepan and were trying to tear it out of one's another's hands. Gotta love that. That's why I never went to Black Friday, ever. Fucking hate that shit. For a moment they were both tugging and then the handle came off. Of course, they broke it. Winston watched them disgustedly. And yet, just for a moment, what almost frightening powder had sounded in that cry from only a few hundred throats. Why was it that they could never shout like that about anything that mattered? He wrote, Until they become conscious, they will never rebel, and until after they have rebelled, they cannot become conscious. That, he reflected, might almost have been a transcription from one of the party textbooks. The party claim, of course, to have liberated the proles from bondage. Before the revolution, they had been hideously oppressed by the capitalists. They had been starved and flogged. Women had been forced to work in the coal mines. Women still did work in the coal mines, as a matter of fact. Children had been sold into the factories at the age of six. 
But simultaneously, true to the principles of doublethink, the party thought that the proles were natural inferiors who must be kept in subjection, like animals, by the application of a few simple rules. Well, that's exactly how it is today. In reality, very little was known about the proles. It was not necessary to know much, so long as they continued to work and breed, their other activities were without importance. Left to themselves, like cattle turned loose upon the plains of Argentina, they have reverted to a style of life that appeared to be natural to them, a sort of ancestral, ancestral pattern. pattern. Jeez. They were born, they grew up in the gutters, they went to work at 12, they passed through a brief blossoming period of beauty and sexual desire, they married at 20, they were middle-aged at 30, they died, for the most part, at 60. Heavy physical work, the care of home and children, petty quarrels with neighbors, films, football, beer, and above all, gambling filled up the horizon of their minds. To keep them in control was not difficult. A few agents of the thought police moved always among them, spreading false rumors and marking down and eliminating the few individuals who were judged capable of becoming dangerous. Hmm, does that sound familiar, guys? Like, does Kobe O'Brien come to mind to you? Um, does, do people, you know, oh, Marilyn Monroe is another, when they start glitching, they disappear, you know. But no attempt was made to indoctrinate them with the ideology of the party. It was not desirable that the proles should have strong political feelings. All that was required of them was a primitive patriotism which could be appealed to whenever it was necessary to make them accept longer working hours or shorter rations, or in this case, Mr. Juicy's! <laughs> That's right, you're a bad, bad person if you don't line up for your mystery juice. But don't worry, when you get injured from it, we will say it was your fault. Yeah, that's right. They don't have to care about you, but you have to care about them. It was not desirable that the proles should have strong political feelings. All that was required of them was a primitive patriotism, which could be appealed to whenever it was necessary to make them accept longer working hours or shorter rations. And even when they became discontented, as they sometimes did, their discontent led nowhere. Because, being without general ideas, they could only focus it on petty specific grievances. The larger evils invariably escaped their notice. Oh, sounds familiar? Very much so. The great majority of proles did not even have telescreens in their homes. Even the civil police interfered with them very little. There was a vast amount of criminality in London, a whole world within a world of thieves, bandits, prostitutes, drug peddlers, and racketeers of every description. But since it all happened among the proles themselves, it was of no importance. Some are more equal than others, right? So. In all questions of morals, they were allowed to follow their ancestral code. The sexual puritanism of the party was not imposed upon them. Promiscuity went unpunished. Divorce was permitted. For that matter, even religious worship would have been permitted if the proles had shown any sign of needing or wanting it. They were beneath suspicion. As the party slogan put it, proles and animals are free. 
Winston reached down and cautiously scratched his varicose ulcer. It had begun itching again. The thing you invariably came about to was the impossibility of knowing what life before the revolution had really been like. He took out of the drawer a copy of a children's history textbook, which he had borrowed from Mrs. Parsons, and began copying a passage into the diary. In the old days, it ran, before the glorious revolution, London was not the beautiful city that we know today. Are you shitting me? <laughs> it was a dark, dirty, miserable place where hardly anybody had enough to eat and where hundreds and thousands of poor people had no boots on their feet and not even a roof to sleep under. Children no older than you, than you are, sorry, <laughs> had to work 12 hours a day for cruel masters who flagged them with whips if they worked too slowly and fed them on nothing but stale bread crusts and water. But in among all this terrible poverty, there were just a few great big beautiful houses that were lived in by rich men who had as many as 30 servants to look after them. These rich men were called capitalists. They were fat, ugly men with wicked faces like the ones in the picture on the opposite page. You can see that he is dressed in a long black coat, which was called a frock coat, and a queer shiny hat shaped like a stovepipe, which was called a top hat. This was the uniform of the capitalists, and no one else was allowed to wear it. Oh, by the way, just so you know, I wanted to... The word queer means strange and odd, okay? Because I know a lot of people associate it with other things. The capitalists owned everything in the world, and everyone else was their slave. They owned all the land, all the houses, all the factories, and all the money. They owned everything. You own nothing, but you will be happy. Does that remind you of something? If anyone disobeyed them, they could throw him into prison, or they could take his job away and starve him to death. When any ordinary person spoke to a capitalist, he had to cringe and bow to him, and take off his cap and address him as sir. The chief of all the capitalists was called the king, and... But he knew the rest of the catalogue. There would be mention of the bishops in their lawns, in their lawn sleeves, the judges in their ermine, ermine robes. I think it's ermine, but let me check. Ermon, yeah. Stout, especially, stout especially when it's white winter coat. I was just seeing if they had so it's it's a white winter coat in their ermun 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 robes seriously that's not what I would guess I'm gonna highlight that actually because that is not something that comes easy to remember Ermengilda. Erman, <laughs> I need to find something funny <laughs> to remember. Ermine. Oh, good. Mine. But then I'll say it wrong. See? Bloody mind. Anyway, the judges in their ermine robes, the pillory, the stocks, the treadmill, the cat on nine tails, the lower mayor's banquet, and the practice of kissing the pope's toe. Toe? 
that was end in October. That's funny. That's really funny. You might as well kiss his toes, right? And the pillory. I wanted to check that word, pillory. A wooden framework with holes for the head and hands in which an offender was imprisoned and exposed to public. Oh my, I always forgot. Right. Those words that you hear but you don't really pay attention to. It's not like we have a pillory today, right? And probably there are other synonyms to that that I might have seen. I need to find my dictionary so I can start looking up things again. I don't really like to use the online dictionaries as much. Because I always think that, you know... Anyway, um, the socks, the treadmills, the cat on nine tails, the Lord Mayor's banquet, and the practice of kissing the Pope's toe. There was also something called the Jus Prime Noctis. Jus Prime Noctis, which would probably not be mentioned in the textbook for children. It was the law by which every capitalist had the right to sleep with any woman working in one of his factories. <laughs> how could you tell how much of it was lies? It might be true that the average human being was better off now than he had been before the revolution. The only evidence to the contrary was the mute protest in your own bones, the instinctive feeling that the conditions you lived in were intolerable and that at some other time they must have been different. It struck him that the truly characteristic thing about modern life was not its cruelty and insecurity, but simply its bareness, its disgust, its dis ah, dinginess, its <laughs> disgustiness, I wanted to say, its dinginess, its listlessness. Life, if you looked about you, bore no resemblance not only to the lies that streamed out of the telescreens, but even to the ideals that the party was trying to achieve. Great areas of it, even for a party member, were neutral and non-political, a matter of slogging through dreary, jo dre dreary, sorry, dreary jobs, fighting for a place on the tube, darning, <laughs> sounds familiar, all the streamers, darning a worn-out socks, catching a saccharine table, tablet, sorry, a saccharine table, yeah, imagine having a huge saccharine table. Saving a cigarette end. The ideal setup by the party was something huge, terrible, and glittery. A world of steel and concrete, of monstrous machines and terrifying weapons. A nation of warriors and fanatics marching forward in the perfect unity, all thinking the same thoughts and shouting the same slogans, perpetually working, fighting, triumphing, persecuting. 300 million people, all with the same face. <laughs> Talking about, you know, when they say that animals don't have personality. <laughs> the reality was decaying, dingy cities where underfed people shuffle to and fro in leaky shoes, in patched up 19th century houses that smelt always of cabbage and bad lavatories. Kinda like New York when we went there, it smelled like old onions. I fucking hated it. Then apparently they cleaned it out after, but when we went a gazillion years ago, it was disgusting. I honestly have never understood how people could ever want to live in that place. 
I don't care if you're next to Central Park, I'm sorry. But I did not enjoy that. But I'm not really a city person in many ways, so... He seemed to see a vision of London, vast and ruinous, a city of a million dustbins, and mixed up with it, with it was a picture of Mrs. Parsons, a woman with lined face and wispy hair, fiddling helplessly with a blocked waste pipe. He reached down and scratched his ankle again. Day and night, telescreens bruise your ears with statistics proving that people today had more food, more clothes, better houses, better recreations, that they live longer. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, they live longer. I wouldn't call life what Western shit care calls life, by the way. Work shorter hours, were bigger, healthier, stronger, happier, more intelligent. <laughs> right? IQ of those who took the mystery juice dropped 20 points apparently already. Better educated than the people of 50 years ago. Not sure. Oh wow. Not a word of it could ever be proved or disproved. The party claimed, for example, that today 40% of adult proles were literate. Before the revolution, it was said, the number had only been 15%. The party claimed that the infant mortality rate was now only 160 per thousands, whereas before the revolution, it had been 300, and so it went on. It was like a single equation with two unknowns. It might very well be that literally every word in the history books is story, Books, even the things that one accepted without question was pure fantasy. For all he knew, there might never have been any such laws as the Jus Prime Noctis or any such creature as a capitalist or any such garment as a top hat. Everything faded into mist, the past was erased, the erasure was forgotten, the lie became truth. I think. I said it right, erasure, but... Erase? <laughs> erase, erase, erase. Erase, erase, erase. Okay, that's not very... It's an English... Since pop duo formed in London. <laughs> so they actually talk about a pop group, but not. So it's a word. Maybe it's an old word that he used. I don't know. But the vocabulary is not really showing it. But anyway, it's just, you know, like erase, right? To rub out, to remove. That's what he means. Erase, the erasure was forgotten. And the lie became truth. And if I don't say it right, sorry. Just once in his life he had possessed after the event. That was what counted. Concrete, unmistakable evidence of an act of falsification. He had held him between his fingers for as long as 30 seconds. In 1973, it must have been at any rate, it was at about the time when he and Catherine had part parted. But the really relevant date was seven or eight years earlier. The story really began in the middle 60s, the period of the Great Purges in which the original leaders of the revolution were wiped out once and for all. 
By 1917, none of them was left except Big Brother himself. All the rest had by that time been exposed as traitors and counter-revolutionaries. Goldstein had fled and was hiding. No one knew where, and of the others, a few had simply disappeared, while the majority had been executed after spectacular public trials at which they made confession of their crimes. Among the last survivors were three men named Jones, Arson, Aronson, sorry, Aronson, 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 Aronson. I'll drive you mental, I know. That's what I do best. I hate that name, Aron, because it's like airing, but it's written totally differently. Fucking English sometimes. So, Erinson and Rutherford. It must have been in 1965 that these three had been arrested. As often happened, they had vanished for a year or more, so that one did not know whether they were alive or dead, and then had suddenly been brought back to incriminate themselves in the usual way. They had confessed to intelligence with the enemy, and that day, too, the enemy was Eurasia. Embezzlement of public funds, the murder of various trusted party members, intrigues against the leadership of Big Brother, which had started long before the revolution happened, and acts of sabotage causing the death of hundreds of thousands of people. After confessing to these things, they had been pardoned, reinstated in the party, and given posts, which were in fact... <laughs> Sing cures, <laughs> but which sounded important? Okay, I want to see. See no cures. See no cure. See no cure. I don't. I don't know where the accent is there. Sinocure. I always fuck it up, even when I... Because it should be on the first one. Sinocure. Anyway, it's a position requiring little or no work by giving the holder status or financial benefit. So, like, you know, those 20-year-olds who make MP because, you know, someone put them there. Even though, like, the various Greta of the world who don't have any real-life experience, but somehow they tell everybody else who does what they should be doing as they travel in their Learjets provided by the cult who bought them. Oh, did I say too much? I'm sorry. I shall be flogged, right? Anyway, that's um, another word I'm going to highlight. And yes, I'm going slower. You have to pardon me. Today, I feel tired today for some weird reason. Maybe it's just age, you know. So basically, what they're telling you is, you know, after confessing to these things, they had been pardoned, reinstated in the party, and given posts, which were in fact sinocurs, but which sounded important. So it's kind of like with Epstein and all those people. Do you really know if they really are dead? 
you know, how do you know? How can we be sure, really? But whatever, you know. And they did the same thing with the astronauts, with the ones who were supposed to be dead. They were found under different names and living a normal life. So, you know, again, how do you know? Do you have the money and the means and the time to go check, guys? Also the knowledge, because sometimes you have to know where to go and check. All three had written long, abject articles in the Times, analyzing the reasons for their defection and promising to make amends. Some time after the release, Winston had actually seen all three of them in the Chestnut Tree Cafe. He remembered the sort of terrified fascination with which he had washed them out of the corner of his eye. They were men far older than himself, relics of the ancient world, almost the last great figures left over from the heroic early days of the party. The glamour of the underground struggle and the civil war still faintly clung to them. He had the feeling, though, already at the time, facts. Already at that time, facts and dates were growing blurry, that he had known their names years earlier than he had known that of Big Brother. But also they were outlaws, enemies, untouchables, doomed with absolute certainty to extinction within a year or two. No one who had once fallen into the hands of the thought police ever escaped in the end. They were corpses waiting to be sent back to the grave. There was no one at any of the tables nearest to them. It was not wise even to be seen in the neighborhood of such people. They were sitting in silence before glasses of the gin flavored, which cloves, which was, with cloves, sorry, which was the specialty of the cafe. So, gin flavored with cloves. I fucking hate cloves. Sorry, it's, I don't hate many things. But my uncle and aunt used to put cloves in the oranges because it gives a good flavor, a good, sorry, not flavor, a good smell in the air. I just hate cloves. I've always hated cloves. And every time I see the word cloves, I think about that. It was so pungent. It was too strong. You'd get in the room and you'd be so overbearing. It's like those uh, French people who put too much perfume on, you know, or those idiots who use Axe. I fucking hate Axe. And all those cheap aftershave menus. Ugh, they make me want to puke when they go by me. It's like, wash yourself. Stop using that shit, you know. So some things really are... And cloth for me is like that. It's weird because it's an actual thing and you shouldn't. But, I mean, some people hate lavender, right, so... And club is good for so many things. So now I do use it very little like, to get used to having on a club. But it, it really does bug me. Like It's like cilantro. When I tried cilantro the first time, I thought it was one of those smelly bugs, you know. It tastes like that. And soap. And I'm like, it tastes like shit. So I don't really use cilantro much, but every now and then I try because I don't like when I don't like things in that way. Anyway, maybe you love clubs, so there you go. You'd like that gene flavor with clubs. <laughs> of the three, it was Rutherford whose appearance had most impressed Winston. Rutherford had once been a famous caricaturist, 
whose brutal cartoons had helped to inflame popular opinion before and during the revolution. Even now, at long intervals, his cartoons were appearing in the Times. They were simply an imitation of his earlier manner and curiously lifeless and unconvincing. Always they were a, re a rehashing of the ancient themes, slum ten tenements, starving children, Tenements, a room or set of rooms forming a separate residence within a house or block of apartments. I just wanted to... Tenement, yes. Starving children, street, street battles, <laughs> capitalists in top hats. Oh, enough with this capitalist, you know. problem is not capitalism, the problem is corporatism, get it straight. Because small businesses also use the same capitalistic principles, not that I agree with all of them personally, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not an expert in this shit either, right? I just lived through it and I saw how fucked up it was from inside out. But that's just me and my extremist oppositions. Obviously, extremist, you know? But anyway, it's corporatism that really is a fucking big problem. If you don't know, go check out how Corporations never pay taxes the same way. They have all kinds of breaks. Why do you think these people spend thousands of dollars on experts who can save them all the fucking tax money and shit like that? And why do you think the little guys always end up paying way more? Because they don't have the means to hire those people. If they did, they would have a bigger business, most likely, and have, you know, all the perks that come with it. Why do you think Amazon became so big? Amazon wasn't paying taxes for the longest time. Then when other people realized and they started selling online and it became too much, then they started charging for taxes. But of course, I'm sure there are tons of other reasons why they did this. But I mean, from the outside, from someone who is not an expert like Jeff Berwick, for example, you know, no, I didn't have the time and, and the brain to dedicate myself to that shit because they never taught me even... I, my first bank account, I was 26, so, hello, do you think my dad taught me anything about money? Of course not, I was a girl, and that's not my choice, but that's how it truly went. So, my mom had the first credit card when she was 40, so it's not like my mother, you know? <laughs> and I was interested, but every time I asked for shit, they would treat me like crap, and then I just gave up at some point, because I was like, who wants to be treated like a stupid idiot all the time, when you know you're not, but... When you're a kid and someone keeps treating you like that, the people who made you and who are supposed to give you, you know, <laughs> of course you start believing it, you know, it must be true, you know, it must be an idiot, it must be true. And so you create, even though a part of you knows it's not true. And that's the abuse some of us, many of us went through, some more than others, by the way. And it's still abuse, make no mistake, even when they do it without knowing. It's abuse from people who haven't realized that, oh shit, I should never treat my children like that. Because whether you're a male or a female, you still need in this world to make your own money. And if you depend on someone else, you always have to eat the shit they're willing to give you. So why would you do that to your children? You know, they thought they were doing the right thing because they were brainwashed, right, in the same way. So if you don't teach things to your children, someone else will. And that someone else most likely will not teach them the right stuff. And so then they make mistakes and it takes forever to rectify some mistakes. So what is the, you know, the takeaway is that the problem is not capitalism. The problem is corporatism. Go do some research. And yes, I don't agree with all capitalism, 
But guys, do you prefer this? The tyranny we've been living through? And the fact that almost small businesses have been destroyed, basically, around? Think about that. Not all of them, but most of them. Anyway. Yeah, there's lots in this chapter that is making me go, what the fuck? <laughs> the capitalists on, in top heads. Even on the barricades, the capitalists still seem to cling to their top heads. An endless, hopeless effort to get back into the past. He was a monstrous man with a mane of greasy gray hair, his face pouched and seamed with protuberant lips. Gosh, I mean, he uses very, with his face pouched, it's like a pouch, you know, like a small bag, and seamed, and um, like a seam, you know, like when you put together two pieces of fabric, it's just really, like, it gives you the idea of, like, one of those fat dolls, whatever they call cabbage patch or something like that, dolls, oh, it was a big rage. At one time, he must have been immensely strong. Now his great body was sagging, sloping, bulging, falling away in every direction. He seemed to be breaking up before one's eyes, like a mountain crumbling. It was the only, it was the lonely hour of fifteen. Winston could not now remember how he had come to be in the cafe at such a time. The place was almost empty. A teeny music was trickling from the telescreen. The three men sat in their corner, almost motionless, never speaking. Uncommanded, the waiter brought fresh glasses of gin. There was a cheese, a chessboard, a cheeseboard, I must be hungry. <laughs> there was a chessboard on the table beside them with the pieces set out, but no game started. And then, for a perhaps half a minute in all, something happened to the telescreen. The tune that they were playing changed, and the tone of the music changed too. There came into it, but it was something hard to describe. It was a peculiar, cracked, brain-jeering note. In his mind, Winston called it a yellow note. And then a voice from the telescreen was singing. Under the spreading chestnut tree, I sold you and you sold me. There lie they, and here lie we, under the spreading chestnut tree. The three men never stirred, but when Winston glanced again at Rutherford's ruinous face, he saw that his eyes were full of tears. And for the first time he noticed with a kind of inward shudder, and yet not knowing at what he shuddered, that both Aronson and Rutherford had broken noses. A little later, all three were rearrested. It appeared that they had engaged in fresh conspiracies from the very moment of their release. At their second trial, they confessed to all their old crimes over again, with a whole string of new ones. They were executed, and their fate was recorded in the party histories, a warning to posterity. About five years after this, in 1973, Winston was unrolling a wad of documents which had just flopped out of the pneumatic tube onto his desk when he came on a fragment of paper which had evidently been slipped in among the others and then forgotten. 
The instant he had flattened it out, he saw its, its, its significance. It was a half a page turnout of the times of about 10 years earlier, the top half of the page, so that it included date and it contained a photograph of the delegates at some party function in New York. Prominent in the middle of the group were Jones, Aronson and Rutherford. There was no mistake in them. In any case, their names were in the caption at the bottom. The point was that at both trials, all three men had confessed that on that date they had been on Eurasian soil. They had flown from a secret airfield in Canada to a rendezvous somewhere in Siberia and had conferred with members of the Eurasian general staff to whom they had betrayed important military secrets. The data stuck in Winston's memory because it changed, oh, sorry, it chanced to be Midsummer Day. But <laughs> the whole story must be on record in countless other places as well. There was only one possible conclusion. The confessions were lies. Of course, this was not in itself a discovery. Even at that time, Winston had not imagined that the people who were wiped out in the purges had actually committed the crimes that they were accused of. But this was concrete evidence. It was a fragment of the abolished past like a fossil bone which turns up in the wrong stratum and destroys a geological theory. It was enough to blow the party to atoms if in some way it could have been published to the world and its significance made known. He had gone straight on working. As soon as he saw what the photograph was and what it meant, he had covered it up with another sheet of paper. Luckily, when he unrolled it, he had been upside down from the point of view of the telescreen. He took his scribbling pad on his knee and pushed back his chair so as to get as far away from the telescreen as possible. To keep your face expressionless was not difficult, and even your breathing could be controlled with an effort but you could not control the beating of your heart, and the telescreen was quite delicate enough to pick it up. Oh, it was like a 3D telescreen. He let what he judged <laughs> to be a minutes go by, tormented all the while by the fear that some accident, a sudden drought blowing across his desk. Drought, not drought. <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> Uh, and it's like draft, I guess, a preliminary version of a piece of writing. It's given it as draft, so that must be the old spelling. Or the dictionary is on crack, but basically... He means a draft, like a sudden drought blowing across his desk, for instance, would betray him. Then, without uncovering it again, he dropped the photograph into the memory hole along with some other waste paper. Within another minute, perhaps, it would have crumbled into ashes. That was 10, 11 years ago. Today, probably, he would have kept that photograph. It was curious that the fact of having held it 
in his fingers seem to him to have a difference even now when the photograph itself, as well as the event it recorded, was only memory. Was the party's hold upon the past less strong, he wondered, because a piece of evidence which existed no longer had once existed? But today, supposing that it could be somehow resurrected from its ashes, the photograph might not even be evidence. Already, at the time when he made his discovery, Oceania was no longer at war with Eurasia, and it must have been to the agents of East Asia that the three dead men had betrayed their country. Since then, there had been other changes, two, three, he could not remember how many. Very likely, the confessions had been rewritten and written until, rewritten until the original facts and dates no longer had the smallest significance. The past not only changed, but changed continuously. What most afflicted him with the sense of nightmare was that he had never clearly understood why the huge imposture was undertaken. The immediate advantages of falsifying the past were obvious, but the ultimate motive was mysterious. He took up his pen again and wrote, I understand how. I do not understand why. He wondered, as he had many times wondered before, whether he himself was a lunatic. Perhaps a lunatic was simply a minority of one. Yeah, you got that one. At one time, it had been a sign of madness to believe that the Earth goes around the Sun. Today, to believe that the past is unalterable. Hey, um... <laughs> it is still a sign of madness to believe that the Earth goes around the Sun. <laughs> I just wanted to... He might be alone in holding that belief, and if alone, then a lunatic. But the thought of being a lunatic did not greatly trouble him. The horror was that he might also be wrong. He picked up the children's history book and looked at the portrait of Big Brother, which formed its front its frontispiece. Jeez, this is the old English word. I need to, to read more old English. The hypnotic eyes gazed into his own. It was as though some huge force were pressing down upon you, something that penetrated inside your skull, battering against your brain, frightening you out of your beliefs, persuading you almost to deny the evidence of your senses. In the end, the party would announce that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. It was inevitable that they should make that claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it. Not merely the validity of experience, but the very existence of external reality was tacitly denied by their philosophy. The heresy of heresies was common sense, and what was terrifying was not that they would kill you for thinking otherwise, but that they might be right. For after all, how do we know that two and two make four? Or that the force of gravity works? Well, there is no force of gravity, so it's kind of hard that it works. Or that the past is unchangeable. If both the past and the external world exist only in the mind, and if the mind itself is controllable, then what? <laughs> what then, he said. I said then what? But no, his courage seemed suddenly to stiffen 
of its own accord. The face of O'Brien, not called out by any obvious association, had floated into his mind. He knew with more certainty than before that O'Brien was on his side. He was writing the diary for O'Brien to O'Brien. It was like an interminable letter which no one would ever read, but which was addressed to a particular person and took its colors from the fact. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. Oh, sounds familiar, guys. Don't follow your guts. It was their final, most essential comment. His heart sank as he thought of the enormous power arrayed against him, the ease with which any party intellectual would overthrow him in debate, the subtle arguments which he would not be able to understand, much less answer. And yet, he was in the right. They were wrong and he was right. The obvious, the silly, <laughs> and the true had got to be defended. Truisms are true. Hold on to that. The solid world exists. Its laws do not change. No, that's right, just because they renamed them Force of Gravity. Stones are hard, water is wet, objects unsupported fall toward the Earth's center. With the feeling that he was speaking to O'Brien, and also that he was setting forth an important axiom, he wrote, Freedom is the freedom to say that 2 plus 2 make 4. If that is granted, all else follows. And that is the end of it. Okay, it wasn't too long. I did do some verbal caca again today, but... You know, in this section, but you need to do some verbal caca every now and then because I mean, and I really refrain myself there as I was reading through that shit. But it, it's so pathetic how so many people don't seem to realize a lot of this stuff. And look, I'm not a big fan of capitalism in many ways myself because ultimately, unless you're someone who is greedy and, um, you know, is interested in making tons of money. Most likely in this kind of system, <laughs> many people don't do well because they're not really inclined and they they haven't been taught. Now, I grew up in a house where they did teach to sell. Like, um, you know, I learned a lot of, I took a lot of courses in the different, you know, jobs I tried to do here and there. And they were all about sales, and so you learn about the psychology and this stuff. But I never wanted to really apply that because... And it's the same thing with marketing. To me, yes, marketing has its place because if you don't let people know what you're doing, of course, they won't know who you are, what you're doing and stuff. But ultimately, those who are really good at marketing are the ones who use those words that trigger you into wanting to buy the stuff. And I just hate that, because to me, if you need something, then you'll buy it. If you don't need something, then you won't buy it. That's the way I think. Most people don't think that way. And even people who think that way, when we are always subjected to that marketing, we end up buying stuff, because whether you like it or not, sooner or later, your human side that has been partially hypnotized will come in when you have a moment of hardship and if you don't have strong you know fundamentals about a lot of this stuff 
And most of us didn't get them from our parents. Then what? You know? And some of us had better than others, but still, we didn't get exactly because our parents did not realize a lot of them, all this stuff. A lot of our parents didn't make money like Jeff Berwick and then had a cushy life. My dad made money and then he was fucked by his sister, his older sister, who fucked him and the younger sister and pitched them against each other. Yeah. So I've seen it with my own eyes as a kid, this shit. Nobody can fucking come and tell me, oh, it's not true. No, no. This happens all the time. I have seen judges in Italy, you know, judges and lawyers making agreements. Oh, this time you win, that time that wins. This is the reality. This is the injustice system that goes on. And I thought, uh, I, thought I was hoping in other places it wouldn't be as bad. You know what? It's just more hidden, but it is bad, just the same. So things here work slightly better, like you don't take six months to get a license like in Italy and you don't have to bribe the person necessarily, but you know, still, ultimately, we still have the same fucked up system of robbery, right, where you pay shitload of taxes, you never see a point by point of where our money has been spent, and they always seem to have money for their hot dogs party, right? But they never seem to have money for the things that matter. And yet, have you ever seen a point by point of where they truly spend their money that we can't verify? Why should I trust you when the evidence has always been that you don't give a fuck about us? And that all you do is screw us over and then you blame us for your fuck up. Remember, they mandated you to take the mystery juice. And then if you got injured, they tell you that it's your responsibility. You have to be really brainwashed to agree with assholes like that, seriously, and to think even remotely that you are responsible for the pollution in the world. You know who's responsible for all the pollution in the world? The various Gretas who go around in their fucking Learjets and who, instead of living a really organic life, all they do is fucking push agendas over agendas. And if you keep on taking out, by the way, the CO2, this planet will most likely freeze over. And that's why they keep also making movies and series. The latest ones was that uh, train going around the freezing earth and all that shit. Which I gave the thumb down to because they don't deserve anything good. Because that shit is what they're telling you is coming. That's what they want. They want to kill most people. Preserve only the ones they think are the smart ones. And then, you know, so they play God. And you are helping them do it every time you comply to their bullshit. So don't believe me, you know, it's not that I don't want the truckers and the people around the world who are trying legitimately to help to stop doing what they're doing. But I'm telling you, guys, don't rely on others. You have to all wake the hell up and realize your opinion does matter, but not when you're asleep under their spell. That's not an opinion. That's brainwashing. Understand that an opinion is only after you thought about things from your own unique point of view. Not the point of view you've been brainwashed to have all this time. Because, let's face it, they're very good at brainwashing, hey? <laughs> I certainly couldn't do what they do. They're amazing at it. It's like, wow, you are really good. It's because they have all the money to do it, right? <laughs> so I'm making fun of them. They're not amazing. They're just a bunch of assholes who are overpowered by the fucking idiotic money and uh, support that they got through the time to achieve this one goal. But don't worry. They're all just little, you know, pegs in the machine. None of them is really important. 
So whether they live or die, doesn't matter. If they die, someone else will come in. So is that the kind of world you really want to live in, guys? Or do you want to live in a, you know, on an earth where people are caring and they don't fuck each other over? You know, don't you prefer living in that kind of environment? Just a thought. So anyway, that's just my little thing for you here. I'm trying with the mics setting a little differently because I want to see if it's better audio-wise. I apologize that, you know, it's not always perfect and stuff like that. And I do fuck up. I'm a real human being, so, you know. And I'm reading a language that um, I speak quite well. But remember, I was born and raised in Italy for 24 years. So I was well an adult when I moved here. And I learned it after I was out for five years. Yes, I studied it in school for a long time. But English is not one of those languages you want to start studying book, on books. It's actually much better when you live through it. And you learn much faster in that way. So that's also why I, I try and stop for those words that I'm guessing most foreigner may have a problem with I'm just assuming maybe most of you are much smarter so sorry I'm just a, a moron clearly and you know I'm not that smart so that's what I should say but yeah I like the word moron because then the moronic strain comes out right so I don't have the moronic though I didn't catch it guys <laughs> all right I'll see you in the next one